Hello everyone and welcome back to In Vain Walpurgisnacht. I want to say a quick thank you to everyone who has tweeted or posted about the show on social media. You guys are fantastic and thank you so much for listening. As always, we are sponsored by the ever-fantastic Die Hard Dice. If you too would like to roll with the best, visit dieharddice.com and use coupon code FANGANG, F-A-N-G-G-A-N-G, for 15% off at checkout. Also, happy Nerdsgiving! This is the final week of Nerdsgiving, an annual event where the folks here at Nerdsmith look to do some good by giving back to the world. This year, we've chosen to support Heifer International in their fight to combat worldwide hunger. If you would like to help us with our goal of providing an ARC to an economically disadvantaged community somewhere in the world, please visit fundraise.heifer.org nerdsgiving. Thank you so much, everybody. Last time on In Vain. Tonight, this was a mistake. Because now, now, a reckoning is coming. You shouldn't have interfered, and now you're going to pay the price. So if anybody in here wants to change their mind and avoid the hellfire that's coming, I suggest you do so now. Hello, my lovelies, and welcome back to another episode of In Vain Valpurgis Noct. I am Tessa, your D&D or RPG mom, depending on where you found me. But since you're here, let's go with RPG mom. I use she, her pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Selkie Dreams. And our icebreaker for today is, would you rather fight a hundred abyssal chicken-sized tarasks or one tarask-sized abyssal chicken? Fennec, go. Hey, I'm Fennec, your TTRPG floof. You can find me on Twitter at the Fennec Wolf, Instagram at that Fennec Wolf because the Fennec Wolf was taken, and really just about anywhere else is the Fennec Wolf. Um, I would have to say I'd rather fight one tesseract-sized abyssal chicken because depending on how the DM alters the stat blocks it still would have a lower armor class and hit points than a Tesseract and be easier to kill. And hello, everyone. My name is Shiny Kiwi, and I am also the host of Introverts Guild and soon-to-be DM. My pronouns are they, them, currently. And if I had to choose, I would find fight one giant abyssal chicken-sized, uh, or... <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew I was going to screw that up. Um... One tesseract size? Tarask. Tarask. It's the tesseract. <laughs> One tarask size abyssal chicken. Oh, also, I use she, her pronouns. I forgot that on there. I sorry, everybody. And I am Chad. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I am the storyteller of this little thing here. You can find me on Twitter at Chadlicious. Uh, a whole bunch of other places, but that's just what I can remember right now. And I think I, I'm with everybody else. I want I would fight a Tarask sized abyssal chicken because that's a shit ton of barbecue. Mm, barbecue. Yum. Oh my god. All righty then. So we are picking up 
after the uh, the the same night as the Camarilla and the Anarch movement both had their celebration parties for the falling of the Berlin Wall. And we are going to go ahead and get started with, uh, let's see, Yulva. Uh, why don't you describe when uh, when you and Maria awaken for the night, what state you both are in and the the haven is um things got kind of passionate last night yolva would probably be tangled up with maria in one of the beds and just probably there would be some clothes strewn about the room kind of you know some some hanky panky might have happened which is okay because they're consenting unadult or consenting undead adults however that would work um, so Yulva would probably wake up and smile and give Maria a kiss on the forehead and say, good evening. And I want you to give me a rouse check to see if your hunger increases tonight. That is a nine. So it does not increase. All right. So you greet Maria with a kiss and she smiles at you and she snuggles in closer and she's got her head on your shoulder and just there. She's sighing contentedly a bit. She's like, so that was fun. It was very fun. I've not had that much fun since I think before I was turned, actually. So, yeah, we didn't get a chance to catch up. But how was your night last night? (laughs) It was uh, much better when you came along. (laughs) Oh, she snuggles in closer to you. And how was your night? Uh, anything interesting happened at party? Oh, I mean, other than Elsa and Leon making out in a closet in the top of the castle. You know, just a whole bunch of uppity vampires looking at me weird. Um, I, You know, Elsa told me that I had to start, like, showing off my shoulders at them to, to make them more comfortable around me. But I think it just made them more anxious to be around me, actually. I mean, I even tried naming them, and they they all just kind of looked at me weird. Mm, they do not know how to have a good time. I mean, what? Well, you, how did the Anarch party go? I mean, you said that it wasn't all that great. I, I would think that Joe would know how to throw a party. Joe knows how to throw a party. We had an uninvited guest. Oh yeah, who showed up? Maximilian. What do you What do you mean, Max showed up? What What happened? He was not happy that Jaeger did not pay blood tithe, uh, tried to take Jaeger, we've said no, things got a little out of hand, and now the sheriff might want all the Anarchs dead. Wait, well, what, you mean things got a little bit out of hand? What What does that mean? Someone shot the sheriff with machine gun. You, what? At this point, she, Maria just kind of like jumps up out of the bed. She's already like stark naked and she's like, she's hyperventilating, which is weird because she doesn't really need to breathe. And she starts pacing. She's like, what the, what the hell happened last night, Yelva? Uh, the, uh, the sheriff was going to take Jaeger. That was not option. Someone decided to try to put down sheriff. Unfortunately, they did not realize Guns do not harm us as much as a stake to the heart. What do you mean he wanted you to? You said no. To, just why didn't you just let him take Jaeger? Because then he would have taken Dallas, and I happen to particularly like Yenot, and I am not in the mood to make new friends. No, 
wait a minute. So Max is now gunning for all the Anarch. She she starts hyperventilating some more, and you think uh, on her like forehead and um, like between her breasts, you see like little bright red droplets start to form. She's starting to sweat blood right now. Maria, Maria, calm down. It is no, fine. No, no. I, I have plans. Like covering up her ears and, and she's like no this is bad this is so bad this is bad this is bad this is bad you're safe he's not coming after you and i have planned to deal with him no yova no he's not going to come after me because i i'm for the camarilla he's going to be coming for you and i'm and, and she she looks at her and she looks at you and says and we uh, the, uh, we canoodled. Da, we, um, yes, we did canoodle, as they would say. We did a lot more than canoodling, I think. Oh, you canoodled my socks off, I'll tell you that. But still, this is not good. This is really bad. I mean, he's he's going to wipe us all out. It will be fine. I have planned to deal with him. I am sure he wants to make peace and not, you know, war. It's never a good thing for us to go to war. Have you met Maximilian? Da, don't worry. I have plan. What about Maximilian makes you think he's a peaceful man? The fact that I plan to put stick through his heart and that will make him very peaceful. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see that, Yilda. So you wish me to bring him back here when I'm done? No, I really would. No, Yilda, no. It will be fine. And Yilda's going to get up and kiss Maria again on the forehead. I promise I will stay safe and it will be okay. He will not harm anyone. She starts to find her clothes and put them back on. Oh, God. Wait, you, Dallas was there too. Oh, where's Dallas? Um, she was supposed to come back here tonight. I I don't know. And Yelva's not really thinking about it, just going to open up the door. Dallas, I want you to give me a rouse check. All right. They, they have a four. So, yeah, my hunger increases to four. Oh, wow. So you, when you rose for the night, uh, the beast is rattling the bars of its cage very loudly. And it's the growling is very loud in your ear. And it tells you, I need blood and you're going to get it or things are going to get really bad, really fast, just like last time. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. As you wake up and you stand up, you said that you were kind of crashing outside of uh, Ilva's Haven. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, you hear like Maria just like yelling in a panic about the events of last night. And then Ilva opens up the door. So you you overheard quite a bit of that. Uh, hi. Maria shrieks and covers up her chest with the blanket. Actually, she just kind of puts the whole blanket over her head. Like so she looks like a Halloween ghost. While she's trying to figure out where the hell her bra went. I'm I'm not looking, Maria. You're fine. It's it's okay. I didn't see anything this morning. You know what? I am so sorry. I uh it was uh if if Yova could blush, there would be a big blush. But no apologies needed. It's okay. It's okay. I'm happy y'all had fun. Right. Um, do you want to come in? I need to get food real quick like real real quick or things might go sour so but i don't know that you guys have extra you know on hand so i think i'm gonna just 
Well, we do have someone in a cage. Maria's like, wait. Oh my god, he was there. And then you hear from the back, it's like, yeah, I was there. Oh, I hope we didn't traumatize him any more than normal. If I, well, I mean, a ghoul isn't necessarily a human. Um, yeah, but I mean, I don't even want to see two vampires bumping dusties. No, I wasn't thinking about that. I just, well, I mean, well, I mean, I did whatever floats your boat. Uh, would you be terribly upset if I, um, how do you ask people nicely to feed off them? You may have a bite of the ghoul. Thank you, but I also kind of wanted him to be okay with it. Is this weird? It, I, I'm a bad, bad vampire, aren't I? Dallas, he's been in a cage for months, and Yulva's been treating him like crap. I mean, I think at this point, that's kind of a step up. And also, she she looks over at you, Yulva, and whispers to you. It's like, do, do like Americans use boats for that or something? Uh, well, I mean, you couldn't, you know, canoodle on a boat, I suppose. It's just you would want... They they have saying if uh, if ocean is a rockin', don't come a knocking. Close. If the boat is a rockin', don't come a knocking. And I mean, you have heard why we say that some of our American beer is like making love in a canoe, right? It's fucking close to water. I don't get it. I grew up Russian. But like, there's a lot of land in America. If they all just had sex in boats, they'd just be doing it on the coast. It's weird. That must be why everyone goes to California. Ironically, one of the places I have never been. <gasps> Dallas is a virgin. She starts laughing really hard. No, no, honey, that ship sailed a long time ago. See, that's another boat analogy. Yep. I think Americans just have sex on boats all the time. So Dallas is gonna go over to the ghoul and he's, aw- he's awake and talking, it sounded like, right? Um, he is not very happy, actually. He's just he's just in a very sour mood. And he's also responding to some sort of internal stimuli. Would you be terribly offended if I just took a little bit? I don't want to hurt you, and I don't want to impose. I would just prefer not hurting uh, any mortals on my way to the forest to, to uh, get the rest of the hunger taken care of. If you don't mind terribly, please. He like looks at you and he like crawls and pulls himself up on the on the bars of the cage that he's in. He's just like, end it. Oh, for God's sakes, end it for me. I don't know that I'd go that far. I mean, that might be step up. I'm pretty sure his master will not be happy I've had him this long. I don't know that I want to end, but I'll... Okay. Um, so yeah, Dallas will drink from the ghoul. Okay, so you are tasting blood at hunger four, so I need you to give me a willpower roll. Well, I wasn't thinking about that. Three successes. All right, you actually managed to keep the beast at bay, and you do not frenzy when you are tasting blood when hungry. How many, uh, how much hunger are you slaking? I will slake two hunger. I don't want to kill him. All right, so you slake two hunger from him. The entire time that you're drinking from him, he's, you know, I mean, it's very pleasurable for mortals, of course. So he's making like very 
pleasurable noises, but he's also moaning things like, I hope my master destroys all of you. And you slake to hunger. Thank you for letting me uh, have a bite to eat. And sorry. I'll see you burn in hell. Probably. Okay. So is Dallas going to go to the woods and drink some more or is she good? Yeah, she's going to go to the woods because she also wants to figure out what the fuck that she saw. Okay, so you're going to head on out there. Uh, Ilva, is there anything else that you're planning on doing after Dallas leaves? Um, She would look at Maria and be like, so I have plan. I am. She's going to pull her off to where the ghoul can't hear. I'm going to let him go. And I'm going to follow him back to Max's haven and hopefully deal with Max. Alone? He is weakened right now, so it might be a little bit easier for me to take him on. How do you know he's weakened? You said somebody who you suspiciously did not name at all shot him with a gun. You know, I had my back turned at that moment, and then I turned around, and he was full of holes. And, you know, he wasn't looking all that great. So I'm pretty sure he has to uh, heal. And that is going to take time. Well, or blood. If he has enough blood, he should be fine. Then I am doing recon and I am hiding and then I will leave and I will be fine. I'm guessing I won't be able to talk you out of this, will I? I promise if he is alive and well, then I will come back and nothing will have happened. I'm not going to stay here while you do that. I think the others need to be aware of what you're doing just so if something bad happens, we can be there. I mean, not not like to watch or anything, but, you know, actually do something about it. I completely understand, and I would not ask you to come with me. Right. Well, I think I need to go check in on Elsa then and just kind of let her know what is going on. Of course. And stay safe. And kisses her on the cheek. <laughs> oh, you get... She just gives you a, a nice deep kiss. But before she leaves, she goes over to the ghoul, looks at him, says... Forget you just heard all of that. And then she walks out. Yeah. So Ilva takes one of her chairs and breaks it to where she has a nice sizable stake. And holds on to it and then goes to the ghoul and opens the cage and says, you will forget all of this and is going to make him forget the last few moments and off you skate. Okay. And we are going to go over to Elsa now see what's going on there. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to this later. Elsa, give me a rouse check to awaken. Six. All right. So that is a success. You do not get any hungrier. You arise, I'm assuming, in your very comfortable bed. Yeah. Okay. What do you do? Mm, well, she's going to get up as usual and uh, get ready for the night, and she's decided that she's gonna dress in leather pants and a top that cuts off at the shoulders, and um, put on a nice, cute choker, and just fix her hair up a little bit before going downstairs. Okay. As I mean, it takes a a bit for you to get ready. So as you're getting ready, you actually do notice that Dallas is not there. She has not come home last morning. Scheiße. Because at this point, you'd be hearing music coming from her room or something. Yeah. 
Alright, and so you finish getting dressed and you... Let's see. Uh, about how long does it usually take Elsa to get all, all ready and put together? Or how long does it take her tonight? It's going to take her about 30 minutes to get ready. So she'll put on some big eyeliner and black lipstick and that'll be it. Subtle. Okay. So as you uh, are finishing up the, the finishing touches of your makeup, there's a tapping on your window. Yeah. And I turn to look at the window. Uh, you see uh, Eric is hanging there. And he's telling you to open the window. He's motioning for you to do that. Going to go over and open the window. You could have just walked in or knocked. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be seen. Are you ready? It's it's a club. Everyone fucking walks in here. I got people gunning for me. Now remember. Okay. Are you ready to hit Heidi's? Yeah, just give me one more second. I need to eat up on my ghoul. Is that all right with you? Make it quick. And he kind of like sits in the on the windowsill. I'm going to find Peter immediately. Okay, you go downstairs. Uh, well, actually, you go out of your room. And I think we've described this before, how you get out and there's kind of like a landing so you can actually see out on the mm-hmm. floor. So you do yeah. that and you see, okay, you see that there's Peter is there and he looks like he's been pacing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go downstairs. Yeah. And he hears you and, and he sees you. He's like, Oh my God, Miss Elsa. Oh my God. Um, the police came by earlier today. Yeah. Uh, Peter, is everything okay? I, I don't know. They they were asking for you, uh, and they said that they wanted to question you in connection to a couple of murders that happened at a hotel on the outskirts of town. Hmm, Peter, it'll be t- be okay. I I can we can we go into the kitchen? I'm I'm really no, also, hungry. They said two people were found murdered, and the hotel room was set on fire. But it had nothing to do with me. You Listen, were Peter? seen there. The police, Peter. The, uh, he holds up a card and says, the detective gave me their card and said they want you to give her a call as soon as you can. I'm going to grab his wrist and I'm going to drag him into the kitchen and bite on him and slake one hunger. Okay. What are you, what's your hunger down to? It's down to one. Okay. So you slake one hunger from him and the, the kiss just kind of, he shudders a bit and takes some deep breaths and he's much calmer. After you Peter? drink from him. Peter, are you listening? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And yes. I'm going to speak. I'm going to shut the kitchen door. Listen. I need you after I leave. Wait about 10 minutes. And I need you to call Heidi's and let Joe know that she is going to be rated by Eric and I. Do you understand Who's Eric? Don't question me right now, Peter. Oh, y- yes. Yes, Miss Elsa. Uh, in 10 minutes, I will call Heidi's and ask for Joe. Do that and tell her we are about to raid her ammunition. You do that. Okay. This is very serious. 
Yeah, okay. No, I get it. I get it. And there's a knock at the front door. Pizza, I have to go and assess police. You tell them I'm not sad, and she's going to open the kitchen door, run back upstairs, and, um, yeah, uh, meet up with Eric. Okay. So you go back up to your room uh, where Eric is. Right. He's you go in there and he's actually in your room and it looks like he's he's picking up some random things like on your like in your room and just kind of looking at it. Uh excuse me. Hello. And he looks up and drops whatever was in his hand is like, "Are you ready now?" "Yeah, I'm ready." And she smiles. <laughs> right, he looks at you and goes, "No, no funny business, right?" "No." I look ready, don't I? I got these leather pants on just to make a quick escape and everything. I'm not sure if you can do anything quickly in those pants. At this point, there's a knock on your door, Elsa. On my door or the front door? Your bedroom door. It's a a knock on your door. It says, hey, Elsa, it's Leon. Can I come in? Eric hisses slowly. He looks at you and says, get rid of him. And he he crawls out of your window and he's like hanging on the windowsill right now. And I'm like motioning Eric. I was like, get so fuck down. Get down. And I'm like trying to make him like not is he not in view of my window or is he hanging yeah. off the ledge? No, he's he's hanging off the ledge. He's if you're in the room, you can't see him, but you know, you're getting the impression that he's staying close by just so he can, you know, make sure you're not trying anything. Uh, I, Leon, I can't, uh, talk to you right now. I'm, uh, getting ready. I'm expecting Dallas, uh, uh, any, any moments now. I understand that, Elsa, but, um, I, I have something for you that I think is really important for you to have. Uh, I'm indecent, but what is it? It's something that's going to protect you from the other issue that you told me about last night. Is he able to slide it under the door? Uh, well, you're... I don't know. Ask him. Can you slide it underneath the door? It's a little bulky. Can you just... I'm I'm sorry. I, I can wait. I can wait like a minute for you to throw a shirt on or something. I... I, I find the closest shirt and I just nightshirt and I toss it on and I open the door. Okay, you you open up the door and Leon just, he reaches in and he starts kissing on you. (laughs) I kiss on him back. And Yeah, and you you kiss for a little bit and then when you break the kiss, he's like, I just, I haven't been able to think about anything else since last time. Um, Anyway, so, and he reaches in like a little bag that he's been uh, has strapped to him and he pulls out it's wrapped in a linen and he opens it up for you and it, on a chain it's just like a necklace chain but it's a big silver pentacle and it's very thick and it looks very heavy and he says Aww. this is warded against lupines it works just like the spirit ward but this will protect you from them Okay, and you cannot let anybody know that you have this. I may have repurposed this from our armory. Leon, it's it's so beautiful. 
Uh, Donka. Yeah, it's when you know you're going to encounter them, that's a good time to wear this, or at least, yeah, you have to wear it for it to work. But Okay, um, and then she takes it and she'll put it on. It, it looks really good on you, Elsa. Danke, Leon. Um, I, I really, I'm sorry, I, I really do have to get ready. Me and Dallas, we were, we were gonna go out and you know, just take a take a break from all this, and um, or just you know, just the two of us, and uh, I, we can we can hang out later, if you if you if you'd like, we can go back to the castle. <laughs> give me a uh, persuasion roll. Actually, yeah, give me a manipulation and persuasion roll because you're trying to get rid of him and trying to hide the fact that you're trying to get rid of him, so roll that for me. Uh, eight, nine, ten. Okay, you got three. Uh, Leon got four, so you're... Damn it! Damn it! Hey, it's Tremere. He's insightful. Uh, you're telling him all this, and, and he just stops for a second and goes, Elsa, is, is everything okay? Totally! Every, everything's fine, Leon. Um... I I just wanted to have a girls' night out with Stalis, and I we've been talking, and I've been trying to have a bigger connection and, and friendship with her, and I don't want to screw us up. Um, and she's my only ally and best friend in all of this. So. Well, I mean, I would think, given the events of last night, that you would consider me an ally. I do! Oh, sweetie! And then she, like, cups his face. I do! I I, cup, I consider you way more than that after the castle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's my friend, too. And, you know, it's it's been hard for us. So, you know, just walking around, you know, the Odenwald or, you know, the sing, uh, the scholars walk and all of that. I just think that it would be really nice because the two of us. Well, okay. If you insist, but, um, you're sure everything's okay tonight. Yeah. Everything's fine, Leon. Are you so protective of me? <laughs> okay. And he, he just turns around and starts walking out, and he's like, "I guess I'll, I'll catch you later then." I appreciate the, the necklace. I'll, I'm, I love it. All right, now remember, you keep that secret. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. All right, if anybody finds out that you have that, you know, it's my, my neck on the line. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting dressed. Uh, good night, and she slams the door. How long was that conversation with Leon? It was about, no, it was a bit longer than that. Probably about six or seven minutes. Okay. Well, she's going to get dressed or she was dressed, but whatever. Um, She throws off the nightgown and then she has her shirt on and then she's going to look out the window. Yeah. Eric's still hanging there. Actually, as soon as the door closes, he he pulls himself up effortlessly back into the windowsill. And he's like, I think I'm going to be sick. Can we just go? And she's going to hop out the window. 
All right. And so you and Eric kind of a Batman leap slash parkour your way over to Heidi's. Oh, this is interesting. So I want you, Elsa, I want you to give me a single rouse check. If you succeed, Joe is actually there to get the call. If you fail, she is not. So you guys get to Heidi's and let's see, Eric, uh, he's, you know, y'all land around the back. He's standing there and he motions for you to go on in first. He says, ladies first. Oh, Danka. And she walks on in and what does she say? Well, you walk in. So this is the, the back area. So it's like the where the small kitchens are, uh, where the pantry and the storerooms are. Uh, it's, you know, the, the kitchen's lit. The back storeroom, not so much. Uh, keep in mind that it's probably about like 9 p.m. at this point. So the club is just getting started so to speak. And so um, what do you do? She's just going to look at, uh, she's going to walk around and see if Eric is following and try and put a little distance between her and him. Um, Not because she doesn't know where she's going, but she's also just pretending to be sneaky yeah, as you're as you're going through, Eric is actually guiding you. He's like saying there's a secret door. Like go in the storeroom. It's against the right wall. We're gonna have to we're probably gonna have to tear that thing off its hinges. Uh once I said, uh you just she's gonna grab it. She just you want me to do this and she'll try and pull it off. Make a little bit of noise, maybe. As you you start to to pull a little bit and you go like this and you turn around uh, to look back at Eric and he's there for a second. Then all of a sudden there's like this big blur and he's not there anymore. And you hear like some things fall over and something just hit the wall with a big meaty thwack. Dallas, you're in the woods. Are you looking for that thing that you saw last time or are you hunting first? Uh, Since she's at a two at this point, she's not too bad off. So she's kind of, she's mainly looking for what she saw. All right. So you're basically hunting. So give me a, I guess, composure and animal Ken roll. And if I happen to run in across any loop lines, she wants to, you know, have some conversation potentially about recruiting some allies there as well. Um, You said animal Ken and composure? Yes. You're going to have to roll high to find this thing. Uh, it's just two successes. All right. Yeah, you have no luck. Okay. So she's going to just, uh, she's going to shift her attention to seeing if she can't track down some of the lupines then too, because we need allies at this point. Like uh, she and uh, Joe and Yelva had discussed. I need you then, since this may take a little bit of time, I need you to give me a... Let's see, composure and awareness roll, because as a gangrel, you do know what signs to look for when there are lupines in the area. That is um, four successes uh, with two tets. I rolled it in chat. You can see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you, yeah. Okay. So you crit you, at some point. So you're, you're going through there. You're looking for 
different signs of lupine activity and hey what do you know you do come across uh some signs like you know sticks are broken in certain ways there's scratchings on the barks of trees that typically lupines do to mark their territory uh certain smells so and you got such a high success that you don't just stumble onto them like you actually do see them before you approach it looks like there are five and you do see two that you recognize uh in this little clearing area there are some tents set up there's a a fire going um there's that woman is there and that man that elsa is still upset with because he ate all the sausages uh there are three others that you see there's one who just looks he's it's a man he's got very dark hair he is big he's covered in runic scars and it looks like he's got a couple of scratch marks on his arms like like scarred up and he's kind of pacing a little bit there is another man who is wearing more like leather leathers he's just sitting just looking at the fire looks like he's in a kind of like a meditative kind of uh pose posture and the last guy he's got like longish dirty blonde hair and he's actually wearing some really nice clothes like you know like a suit looks like he's going to a fancy party or something and he is not sitting on any of the logs or anything nearby and as you are getting within earshot of this gathering you hear the big guy who's pacing is like we need to destroy them we need to go to their club tear it down burn it down destroy whatever it is that's keeping the spirits at bay and we do the same thing with every sight that you saw soothes the spirits the woman soothes the spirits says i don't know if that is the wisest course of action the, of course, yes, these sites are what is responsible for the weird things that we're seeing out here and in the city. But I'm not too sure about the leeches that we saw in there. I mean, the majority of them were not even worm tainted. So I'm not even sure what is going on. I think that we need to use caution. The other guy, the the one with the eye patch and the, the scars across his face is like the time for the time for talk is over. We need to act on this. We need to just do what we need to do. We need to fix what's going on here and go back to the sept. Uh, the guy in the suit is, he's just not really paying attention. It looks like he's playing with some twigs or something. And the guy at the fire, he is, uh, he comes out of his reverie and he says, I think caution might be what is important here. I mean, we are going into a situation that we have never experienced. Leeches without worm taint, that's almost unheard of. I think we need to do more investigating of this particular site. I think it would be prudent to act only when we have more information. To which the big guy who's pacing, he kind of growls a little bit. And he says, okay, we'll try it the Philodox's way. Two days time. Two days. We'll try it your way. And if I don't get a satisfactory answer, we're going to do things my way. Well, then I guess it's a good thing I'm here to help. 
And she's got her hands up like, I'm, I'm not a threat. Just popping in. Hello. You've never seen five people turn and just they growl. And some of them even kind of like change shape. Uh, the guy with the eye patch, he gets a little bit bigger and hairier. The uh, the big guy who is pacing just turns into this gigantic half man, half wolf form, and he's crouched down and he's ready to strike. Wasn't trying to startle you. Sorry, sorry. The guy in his suit puts his hands up. He's like, "Okay, this is a little bit weird." And the guy at the fire just remains calm. And he sees you, and he says, you seem to have found us. Who are you? Um, my name is Dallas. Uh, I'm one of the owners of Der Hexenlide. Um, and I know that, uh, I believe, Seuss the Spirits, as she points over, and uh, I didn't catch his name, uh, were at our club the other night. I have an explanation of what's going on. I'm happy to share the information I have. I don't like the situation any better than you do. In fact, I think we could really use your help. The uh, the one with the scars who goes by the name Ancestor's Honor, and he's real quick to remind you about his name. He looks back over at the at the, the other, his pack mates and with a growl because he he got a little bit bigger and more muscular and his his teeth are a little bit sharper and it's a little bit more difficult for him to talk but he says she's one of the leeches and susan spirit says but she's not tainted i can't even sense it on her now i'm not sure what tainted means um so i am glad that i'm not whatever that means that sounds uh kind of gross the very large half man half wolf form just he's not backing down he's growling a lot it looks like he's about to strike the guy at the fire he puts a hand on his shoulder and says be at peace we're going to talk we're going to hear what she has to say and I promise you that if you know we do not like what we hear, you can be the first to strike. And can you please shift to a less threatening form? And the large being with a growl, like his whole body starts to ripple and shake a little bit. And you hear the sound of bones snapping because things are reforming and everything. And he kind of goes back into like a, like a very large wolf form, like almost like in folklore would be like a dire wolf at this point. And the, the, the pelt is uh, this very black pelt, but with streaks of gray going through it. And he sits on his haunches and he waits. And the man at the fire motions for you to have a seat on the other side of the fire from him. Thank you. Uh, I'll have to ask later. Uh, I don't. I can shapeshift as well, but not into a wolf. And I'm almost wondering now if I make the same cracking noises, but um, that's neither here nor there. Anyway. Um, I, I am uh, Dallas, I am a gangrel, and um, I am what is known as an anarch, meaning that the rest of the leeches, as you call them, and I do not see eye to eye. 
um, part of what's happening in the city is because of those in charge. And there is a small group of us who are trying to put an end to all of that so things can go back to normal. Dallas is telling the truth? Yeah, she. Dallas is not good at lying. She's never been good at obfuscating the truth. She's usually very strict. Her only method of lying is really just um, lies of omission. Okay, so I want you to give me a, let's see, just a, a composure and persuasion role, uh, just to make sure that you're not you know, so nervous that you raise anyone's suspicions because you are talking to five murder machines. You can spend willpower to re-roll if you want. Ah, uh, yeah. You I can also that. make a rouse check to increase your dice pool by one. Um, I'm going to do that, actually. Okay, so give me a rouse check. That is a success. All right, so you increase your composure by one. So give me that roll. Um, so that's two uh, success on my hunger dice. Both are tens. And that's it. <laughs> it's right there in chat, I swear. You can look. You got a messy critical on her persuasion roll to a werewolf. With zero dots in persuasion. You got a messy critical on a persuasion roll. So as you're talking, as you're giving your little speech about the political situation in Heidelberg, talking about the Anarchs, talking about the other ones that are in control and you were trying to fight against, as you're talking, you just get more and more angry just about the whole situation, about the things that you were asked to do, about some things that you were forced to do by the Camarilla that caused you to lose some humanity, lose bits of yourself. And that, that anger and that rage just builds up. And before you know it, you realize that you, while you were talking, you had grabbed on to the stump that you were sitting on and you had just torn it in half with your bare hands. Oops. Sorry. And no, at this point, you're just like, just the mask of anger and, and hatred. And you're like panting like a wild animal. And the the werewolf that you're talking to, the one that's still sitting by the fire, he sees you. He saw, sees your actions. He sniffs the air a little bit. And you're not sure if he's saying this more for your benefit or for the benefit of his pack and says, you speak the truth. And I can see that you're very passionate about this situation. I don't like what's being done. And so... You've decided to seek us out. Why would that be? Was able to listen to Ancestor's Honor and Soothes the Spirit's conversation for quite some time um, on the roof of our club. And after meeting them, it seems like you are, uh, your group uh, despises those in charge in the city as much as I do. And me and of me of my enemy is sometimes my friend i see so you are telling us that maybe you know of the beings that have created these these spirit barriers and can help us locate them so we can destroy the barriers correct well it seems for a time we are working towards the same purpose then maybe you can give us some information, and if it's good, 
then we know that you're playing ball and we will we will do what we have to do as ordained by Gaia. Excellent. I will tell you what I can and what I know. I am not the most eloquent speaker, um, but I speak truth, as you said. How do we contact you? Um, you can find me at the club. Um, you can usually get a hold of me there. And a lot of times I'm out in the woods. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. If you want, you can uh, leave a marker for me. Um, in a, She'll name kind of a tree that's off by, that's got like some very particular markings that they might know of. Um, sometimes uh, if you leave something in a tree, I can, I can find it and know that you need to talk with me. Um, I'll make a habit of doing a, a swoop by in my uh, flight form. All right, so we will do dead drops, and if we need to speak to you directly and find you at the club, he gestures to the individual that's dressed pretty nicely and says, if we need to speak to you directly to that club, we will send Loki's Lament here. He's the one that hasn't been as touched by rage as the rest of us and might be able to comport himself appropriately in a city. Good to know. Um, I have uh, two compatriots, uh, Yilva and Elsa. Uh, both are uh, uh, against what's happening in the city, uh, although uh, Elsa is currently acting kind of as a um, information gatherer on the other side. So uh, I would ask, if, if possible, that they don't get hurt. Sue's the spirit says one of her frenzy is tainted by the war. We're not going to talk to that one. I don't know what that means, but I, I respect your, um, I, I absolutely re- respect what you need to do for, for you. You would think all my time as a vet assistant, I would be a little bit more eloquent in situations like this. So the man at the fire, he nods and he says, so if you're going to be talking to us and you know, Sue's the spirits. You know Ancestor's Honor. I already introduced you to Loki's Lament. He points to the very large wolf that's still pissed off, says, this is Bloody Roar. He's also the alpha of our pack. And I am Judgment of Thor. I am the mediator, you could say. It is nice to meet you all, and I appreciate you letting me speak rather than immediately destroying me, although I know that you had every right to, as I have invaded your territory. Absolutely. And remember, if we do find out that you are being dishonest with us, your end will be swift. And just if I were being dishonest with you. Yes. And he does pick up something off to the side and on his lap, you see a gigantic metal hammer. Wow. That's very cool. A little bit of electricity like goes up and down it a little bit. That's very cool. Safe travels, Dallas. We'll be in touch. Thank you for your hospitality. At that tree, I want you to leave us the locations of three other barriers. Be truthful, and we will destroy them. I know there's one for sure on top of my club, and I will do my best to find the other two, uh, uh, the others as quickly as I can. You have until tomorrow night. Understood. And she's going to go into Raven form to get back quicker because she needs to do some reconnaissance ASAP. And she's just going to shift right in front of him. 
Okay, give me a rouse check. And my hunger goes up. It's okay, worth it. Worth it. All right, and you go flying off. Okay, Ilva! So you have let the ghoul out, you erased his memory, you obfuscated, and you... Did you give me a rouse check for that obfuscate? I did not give me one sec. Eight, so we're good. Your hunger did not go up. Okay, and the ghoul, he looks stunned and dazed for a second, and then he kind of comes to his senses or, well, whatever, passes for that, looks around very quickly, just takes the barest of seconds to wonder how the hell he got out of his cage, but he's not going to look a gift horse in the mouth, and he just starts running out of the sewers. Oh, she follows. He's running. He's maddened. He's doesn't have all of his blood in him, and he's probably been abused, maybe even a little bit starved at this point. So he's very erratic, and he's trying to just get his way out there. Uh, I want you to give me a dexterity and athletics role just to make sure that you're able to keep up with him. Two successes. All right. You managed to, at the very least, keep him uh, within eyeshot. Eyesight? Yeah, keep him within eyesight of you. As he makes his way up to the surface level, you follow. And he comes out, and he's looking around, trying to get his bearings about where he is in the city. And he just darts across the street. Uh, A couple of cars pass. Like, one car has to stop short to not hit him. And he just, just keeps running as the guy's honking at him. And you follow. And, you know, I mean, you've you've stalked mortals before. This is not extraordinarily difficult for you. Uh, He does make his way to a payphone and he starts fumbling around in his pockets looking for change. And he manages to pull out a, a quarter, whatever the equivalent is in Deutschmarks. And he, he uh, puts it in the phone and he starts dialing. And he's looking around all nervous and, and he's kind of like cupping his hand over the receiver of the phone just so make sure nobody is listening in. A couple of moments pass as the the phone rings and then uh with a start he starts talking into the the phone and goes master master is that you it's me yes yes i've been i've been captured i need you to to come meet me um i have a lot of important information for you yeah yes 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 meet me and he gives uh the the street corner that's nearby Yes, yes, Master. I'm so sorry, Master. Yes. No, no. I, I, I promise that what I have to tell you will more than make up for my absence. I, I, I swear to you. I swear. Yes. 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 No. Okay, goodbye. And he hangs up. She's going to follow him over to the alley where they're supposed to meet. Okay. So you sit, you stay obfuscated. Uh, he's in there. He's pacing. He's kind of pulling at his hair. He's pulling at his garments. He's he's like scratching through his beard. Like he's very agitated and pacing and, and being very impatient. And about 30 to 45 minutes pass before you hear the sound of a vehicle pull up. And the door closes. The engine stops 
And in the alleyway, you see Max approaches, Maximilian. And the ghoul, he's so happy to see him. because goes, oh, oh, master. Oh, thank God you came. And he runs over to Maximilian and he starts like, like grabbing his hands and like trying to rub his face on it. And Maximilian pushes him away. And he says, you will tell me the information that you promised me. And I will decide whether or not you get to live. Where have you been? And he says, Master, um, one of the one of the Nosferatu in town, he, she, she, he, she, it, it they, they captured me and kept me in a cage in their haven and, and tortured me and, and, and tried to get information on me. But but I didn't I I didn't talk. I, as much as 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 uh, they wanted me to, I actually I gave some false information too. Yes, because I'm crafty and I am your loyal servant. I would never ever betray you, Master. And Maximilian stops and he says, "How? If you were captured and in a cage, how did you get out?" Yova makes sure that she has the stake out and she's gonna lunge at Max and just stake him if she can. Okay, so let's let's look up the rules for staking somebody. To stake a vampire through the heart, a hunter needs to either hammer the stake into the vampire while they lie sleeping or strike them through the heart during combat. For a combat staking, the hunter must make a called shot at a minus two penalty and inflict five points or more of damage of either type before having. So you have to get, like, before having the damage, you have to get five. That means you have to get ten damage. No, wait, no, this is before having. Never mind. No, you have to get five. Five total. I'm thinking about decapitation. Never mind. Is there such a thing as a sneak attack that she can do? Well, he um, he's not aware of the attack, so uh, she would probably get a bonus. So we'll just say it's a minus one penalty, and you better hope to God you inflict five points of damage. Wait, 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 wait. I got to license sage. (laughs) If if you you can, uh, let's see, you can do a rouse check to increase your blood pool if you have any potence powers that could help you. I was going to say she's got potence, so I would need to make a rouse check to activate that, right? Yeah, you can make a rouse check to activate potence. You can make a rouse check to add one to your dice pool. And if you activate prowess, you're only adding half of your potent score to your melee roll. She's only got a one, so it, so that would only be one die added, right? Oh, so you don't have prowess. Okay, hold on. What power do you have? Uh, lethal body. It means your punches do lethal damage to mortals. So it would not apply. So you just make a rouse. Are you sure he's not immortal? I'm pretty. Well, I don't know. We're about to find out. I would like to say a prayer. Your unholiness, Jason Carl, please bless Fenix dice tonight. And may she roll good die. Thank you. Oh, yeah. That's staying in the episode. All right. I got a six on my rouse check to add one die to my... So my hunger doesn't go up. It stays at three. So what do I need to roll DM or ST storyteller? Cause saying ST sounds bad. So you need, so this is a melee attack. So you need to roll your dexterity plus melee pool minus one because he is unaware and you have to make a called shot to the chest. And 
you need to roll high. Four successes. That was all the dice I had was four. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. So as Maximilian is talking to the ghoul, uh, you just come rushing and you have the stake out and you stab it into Max's chest. Uh, but you're you're close but your does not pierce the heart. Uh, Max is surprised. The ghoul is surprised. You just appeared out of nowhere. Max is just like looking at you. Doesn't even doesn't even look phased. He looks a little bit surprised, but normally that's kind of painful. The ghoul is screaming. Uh, Maximilian looks at the ghoul and says, you led her to me. Can I make another attack? <laughs> it's not your turn yet. And he's no master master. No, I swear to God, I promise. And Maximilian looks at you, Yulva, and... Well, goodbye, Yulva. It's been nice, Yulva. <laughs> I mean, hey, I've had fun with her. So long, farewell, until we meet again. So now he's going to make a roll. He is going to try to forcefully get you away from him some way, somehow, uh, you are going to try to counter this, I'm assuming. So you can either roll your dodge pool or you can chew melee or brawl. You guys can either get into some hand-to-hand combat or you can just try to get the hell away from him. Can she try to push the stake in further? Like do a strength roll? It's not piercing the heart, so you would have to pull it out and, and stick it in another spot. Okay, yeah, she would try that then. Okay, so it's going to be the same dice pool for you. Uh, He's going to roll to hit you, and whoever gets more successes does the damage. What'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? Two. Okay, Ilva, you take... uh, So he does five levels of damage to you, but it's halved because you're a vampire. He's hitting you with his fist. He doesn't have his bayonet with him for some reason. Uh, So having reduces that to uh, two damage as he just hits you so hard in the chest, you go flying back and you hit the the opposite wall of the alley. And uh, Maximilian grabs the ghoul and starts to run towards his car. She snarls and is going to give chase and try and stake him in the back. They go through the back. Okay. Well, you're going to try to do one last one. last one. So he's going to try to defend. So we'll see who rolls more dice. All right. What'd you get? Three successes. Okay. So he, you go to stab him again in the back and he tries to, while he's running, kind of like backhand you to get you out of the way, but he misses and you just stick him in the back of the shoulder blade and, and he just keeps running, uh, gets in the car and he's going to drive off. Uh, are you, are you going to give chase or are you going to stop? She's going to give chase. Okay. How do you plan on doing that? Can she hang on to the back of the car? You know what? Yeah, give me a strength and athletics roll to see, number one, if you can latch onto the car, and number two, if you can stay hold on as this as your skin starts sloughing off as you're being dragged to the streets of Heidelberg. Uh, four successes. Okay, so are you going to stay visible? Let me ask you that. She would obfuscate the second she grabs onto the car. Okay, give me another rouse check. 
her hunger goes up to four. Okay, now the beast is like, yes, yeah, that's right. Let's do this. Heavy metal blaring in the background. Dun, 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 dun. You actually managed to drive past a heavy metal club. It's pretty bitching and awesome. Tessa, add heavy metal music here. So you are you're grabbed onto the bumper, and since you got so many successes, you just kind of like like pull yourself up. You're you're actually you kind of hold on under the car and you lift yourself up so you're not getting all scratched and scraped up. Uh, you do take, we'll just say you take another level of uh, damage from all of that. Just uh, your leather jacket kind of helps with the back a little bit, but you're losing, you lost a little pieces of you. So now you're, you're hanging on under Max's car as he's driving along. <laughs> and uh, are you, are you going to hold on the entire time until he gets to his destination? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you're holding on. You know He's driving through the streets. Like after the initial speed away, I guess he kind of figures that uh, he's lost you. So he starts driving the speed limit. There's one point in time when he stops at a red light and you hear the passenger side door open and the sound of a body falling out and the ghoul is laying down on the street. His head has been twisted around backwards and Maximilian drives off with you latched onto the car. That took care of that loose end. He doesn't know how to get back to the Yuval's Haven. All right. And Elsa, while all of this other stuff is going on. You're in the store well, room. That I don't know about. Well, we're going <laughs> to. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be such a cool girl talk when we all get together. I talked to wolves. I followed Max. I'm in the middle of a raid. Fuck yeah. And when you blink and Eric is no longer standing before you and you hear a sound to your right of some things getting knocked over. And you see that there's Eric is being pressed against the wall with Joe has her forearm under his chin. And he's, she's just kind of pushing him into the wall. And she turns and she looks over at you, Elsa. And she's like, Hey, Elsa. Hi, Joel. Hey, how's your night going? Oh, it's going so well. Well, that's that's good to hear. So, uh, what what brings the two of you here to my club? Oh, you know, dumbass over here thought that he could raid your club, which is why. And I'm staring at Eric, and which is why I told my own goal to make a phone call to you. Yeah, at this point, Eric is he's looking at you with murderous intent, and he's like, "Yeah, you fucking." bitch and he starts like pushing up against joe uh he starts kind of like his fangs grow and he just starts like kicking a lot uh i just want you to give me a rouse check you and i are gonna roll off okay elsa so just give me a rouse check and tell me what you rolled a one okay eric manages to push joe off of him she goes sliding back a little bit in the storeroom and Eric he's in a full on frenzy and he is charging right at you you have a split second to react so what do you do I'm gonna go ahead and dodge so give me a let's see uh, dexterity and dodge roll 
Oh, son of a bitch. There's no dodge in this edition. Okay. <laughs> so should I just roll three then? or no, I guess it would be dexterity and athletics. You can uh, make a rouse check to increase your dice pool. I'm going to go ahead and do that. It's a two. Okay, so your hunger goes up. And give me that dexterity and athletics roll. Six. Ten. And eight. And five. So, would you like to spend a willpower point to re-roll three of those dice, or up to three? Sure. You can't re-roll hunger dice. Remember that. I got a, I got a, I got a six. So, what's that total? Three total. Yeah. So, Eric comes charging at you. You try to jump, dodge out of the way. You're not as fast as you were hoping that you were, but you do manage to avoid the brunt of Eric's blow. Uh, He just kind of catches you on the shoulder a bit, and you spin slightly as he slams right into the wall behind you. (sighs) Come at me, you bastard! And Joe shouts, jump on him! Okay, is there anything I can grab that's, like, steak-wise that I could grab... So I can use it on him. You are in a storeroom of a of a punk club. So I mean, there's shelf stable foods. There's supplies. There's uh, racks around you. I mean, there's tools. Uh, we can say that you, at least in the scuffle, that you can find something that can serve as a small steak. Just grab the closest steak-like objects and jump on them and try and stake them. This episode brought to you by Steakums. <laughs> I was just thinking that and I was like, oh man. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Alright, so that's going to be a strength and melee roll for you. Uh, if you'd like to make another rouse check to increase your dice pool, feel free to go do so. Uh, You may also, you do have prowess, so you can activate that as well. I'm activating that shit. (laughs) So activating prowess. All right. So what prowess does is, uh, first of all, you do a rouse check. And if you succeed, you add half of your potence dice to your melee attack. So that would add one extra die. Two successes. All right. So you stick it in his shoulder and he screams at you some more. Joe, at this point finally gets over to you and she's holding him down she's really strong and you know we'll just say so he's he's screaming he's making a lot of racket this is bordering on a masquerade violation if any mortals come to discover this so joe's going to help you out and i would say given enough time the two of you would overpower a frenzying bruja and between the two of you and your efforts you managed to stake eric oh my god joe sits back breathes a sigh of relief. Both of us are just like... I will happily explain all of this. Yeah, you fucking better. Oh, yeah. Like, as in now. He came to me uh, the night before and uh, threatened to hurt someone that I used to know who's still alive in Heidelberg. Breathing, living, living her best life. And he said he would hurt her. And it was foolish to believe him, but I 
didn't think he was fooling around. So I went with him and I didn't want this person to have any harm brought to her. So he threatened somebody important to you to coerce you into coming here, but you had your ghoul call and give me a heads up. Yeah. I can respect that. He came here for the weapons. How did he, and she mutters to herself, how did he know about the weapons? Yeah, that's weird. Okay, well, she looks over at the torpid body of your sire, says, so what do you propose we do about this now? I have a plan. I can take him from here. He's good bait. Bait for what? Oh, you know, just a certain sheriff who definitely would love to put him in his place. Well, you can put a big old bow on him for Max if you really like, but if our situation was reversed, tell you what I'd do. This guy's got a blood hunt on him. That means his blood is forfeit. That means you can take everything from him and you could take his power and his blood will make you stronger. But it's not my choice. Are you talking about that? I, I think you're talking about Diablery. Yeah. Absorb his soul. He'll make you stronger. Okay. I have a plan. And it's not just to give him to Max. I I can I can use this to my advantage. You we all agreed that I should be the spy in all of this, so he's looking for Eric anyway. And my my plan was to say to tell him Sasser's lupines here, but he would be the only one, the only ones that would know that there are lupines in Heidelberg. And maybe I can use that to my advantage when I talk to him again. Hey, maybe you need to talk to your friend there, Dallas, because I think she had a plan on using the lupines to our benefit. But as far as the Camarilla is concerned, they don't know that there's lupines here. And I, I will talk to her and we'll see what happens. But right. I... Yeah, a decision doesn't need to be made, but... The important thing is, if you're not going to do anything about this now, where are you keeping this motherfucker? Because he ain't staying here. I can take him to my basement and he could just stay staked for as long as I want him to. Fair enough. She uh, looks around in the storeroom for a second and she pulls out one of those big blue tarps. Says, yeah, well, get to it. I got a pool game I need to get back to. Yeah, so what's the thing about uh, what happened at your club? You mentioned something. Did did you have a fun time? I mean, Dallas and Ilva over here must have been fun. Oh, yeah, it was really fun. It was especially fun when Yulva took a took an AK-47 and lit Maximilian up. What? Oh, she didn't tell you about that? 
She fucking went all like full, full on like machine gunned his ass. What? She. Yeah. So Maximilian might be a little ticked off right now. I bet. Oh, she's such a dumb cough. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can definitely. We're gonna have such a great time when we all get back to Kessa. I'm, and then she'll grab the tarp. Yeah, what was even more awesome was when uh, Maximilian he uh, dropped his he uh, activated his obfuscate and Dallas found where he was and grabbed him by the wrist and made him drop his bayonet. I think she kept it actually. What? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she is a both both of both of them are just badass bitches, and they're it's they're we're so lucky to have them in the movement. She starts laughing. She starts. She's not mad at Ilva. She's not upset. She's just like laughing, probably very nervously, but she's just like. Yeah. So if you're going to if you're going to continue thinking the Camarilla has you on their side, I think you need to think fast and make some plans. Yeah, I do. And. All right. Well, good knocked. Good knocked, and she starts rolling Eric up like a taquito. Ilva, you are holding on to this car, and you finally get to a point where uh, it's he stops. Looks like he's in a driveway, and he gets out of the car and he starts walking away from the car. What do you do? Ilva's gonna follow. All right, you roll out from under the car. You're still obfuscated. And uh, you, as you roll out, you see that you're in the driveway uh, in front of a house. It's a, a nice house. The lights are on inside. Uh, you know, the with the outside, the storm lights just turned on. His Maximilian's here. And he gets up to the... Are, are you just staying by the car? Are you sneaking up behind him? Are you just watching what's going on? What are you doing? She's following him, but, like, keeping about a good, like two feet between them so she's not like immediately on him so he can't like feel her presence like she's just making sure you know he walks up to the door and he stops and he turns around his eyes pass right over you because you're obfuscated and he takes the keys and he starts to unlock the door but before he's able to open the door the door opens by itself and this woman uh, has answered the door she's in a nightgown her hair is done up in a, a bun her, her brown hair looks uh, a younger woman maybe like early 30s and she sees him and she gives him a hug and a kiss she's like you're back early my love did did work uh, the problem at work solve itself and maximilian's like yes honey and he like rubs her hair he goes yes honey um it was just something that was easily taken care of and i'm i'm home now and she looks at his shirt goes oh honey you, you tore your shirt are you okay he's like yeah it's it's nothing I, I caught it on a hook um i guess you're gonna need to to repair that uh how are the children are they in bed yet and he goes yes yes they're they're both asleep uh come on come on in come on in would you like a, a drink it's like oh no 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 i'm i'm just fine i'm just glad to be home and he walks in and closes the door behind him oh shit oh shit i think we're gonna end there what what 
The Infane Podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs. In the lightless subterranean depths, there's a world of monsters, where sunlight is a myth and demons lurk both without and within. This is the tale of The Land Above, a Dungeons & Dragons storytelling podcast. New episodes on the 1st and 15th of every month at thelandabove.podbean.com or on your pod player of choice, part of the Nerdsmith Network.